another episode of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, as usual, Dustin Blanton, along with my co-host, Travis Masterson. Travis, we've got a mock draft on tap today, the last one of the season before before things kick off, and we are joined by my kin, my brother joining us for our last mock draft welcome in Daniel uh, as Travis refers to him as the handsome one how are you doing man I'm I'm glad to have you on football baby thanks for having me on guys you're damn right that's the kind of energy I'm talking about it's contagious bro it's contagious well it's (laughs) well hold on we don't talk about contagious things here but we do talk a lot of football we've got an exciting draft, like I said, the last one of the off-season, pre-season, whatever time it is, it's time to get down to it. All three of us have drafts coming up together here in the next week or so, so any strategy we're able to glean from this, any trash talk, look, I'm, I'm drafting from the second spot, Travis at the four, and Danny all the way down at ten. Sorry, you know, I... It it sucks to suck, but you know you're you're there. You're stuck. I'm sorry, Travis. You're getting sniped the entire draft, and that's just, I'm laying it out there. This is getting competitive. This is my time to shine. I may not win a championship this year, but I'm gonna win this mock draft. I agree with that last statement for sure, based on the track record. Okay, that was a low blow. That was um. I will say unnecessary. We are getting close enough to real drafts with each other that. Does it cross your mind to start drafting people in these mock drafts that you would never draft in real life? I'm just to throw everybody I'm off. I'm way ahead of you. I've already been doing that. Okay. <laughs> Me. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to see who you pick at the at the two spot then to really throw us off. <laughs> Personally, I'm not gonna do that. Um, I want to be transparent. I want to give the people an insight into my my mind. My that's what we want. That's what okay, we came well, here for. Okay, well, you two can do that, and I'm, why you're here. I'm going to absolutely ravage my relationship with Dustin's taking Tebow with the number two overall pick. Look, guys, I like, I like my players to be from Kansas <laughs> State. That's what I like, okay? That's how I build my teams, okay? If they're from the Big 12 and they played from 1996 to 2008, they're on my team, okay? Jesus. Anyway. That's a strategy. <laughs> that is a strategy. But no, for real. We're going to have a, a really competitive mock draft. We're going to talk through our picks. A um, little bit of razzing here and there. Like I said, it's the last one of the season uh, up until the real things start. Um, and we're just going to get this started, I guess. Um, it's a 12-team, half-point PPR draft. And I think, you know, Travis, as we go through this, we can kind of talk about some some news going throughout the league. Um, I don't see why not, and we'll start it off. So we've got the first right. pick overall, Dalvin Cook, and I'm sitting here with Christian McCaffrey, and this isn't a hard pick, so let's not waste my time talking about it. Christian McCaffrey is the pick, and then Saquon Barkley goes. Wow. Exactly. So sleeper. I would not take Saquon Barkley third overall. No. <laughs> the fact that Alvin Kamara hasn't been taken – but so what are you what do you think are the biggest differentiators in these top five backs that typically go off the board? Your your Camaras, you know, uh Cook, McCaffrey. Barkley doesn't usually go this high. But 
in a half point PPR, are you focusing on just touch opportunity or are you focusing on, you know, uh, a different aspect of it? I have gone Zeke Elliott very often from the four spot and been really happy with that. It's rare that Kamara is not going third, uh, especially in a half PPR, just because the receiving work is, is very plentiful with Alvin. Somebody that I've been keeping an eye on recently a lot is Jonathan Taylor. It might be a little early for him, but I really do think he has the upside to lead the league in touchdowns and potentially be the number one fantasy back right there with the Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook tier. So I kind of want to go Jonathan Taylor and see what happens, but I'm not going to pass up Alvin Kamara. I think the Saints offense is going to be fine with Jameis and... The passing work is just too much to pass up in a half point. Is there any thought, like second thought in your mind about taking Zeke possibly in that spot? Or is it just an auto smash Camaro there every time? There's definitely a thought. I think Zeke, the Cowboys in general, we spent a lot of time so far in the uh, preseason and offseason talking about the Cowboys. We're excited about them. I think Zeke is going to have a hell of a year. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's kind of a coin flip for me. Just the the fact that it is a half-point PPR, I think, gives a little bit of an edge to Kamara because he's going to catch 80 to 100 balls. But I have no problem. If you like Zeke better, if you enjoy your Sunday better and have more fun rooting for Zeke, then you shouldn't feel bad or guilty for taking him at that four spot whatsoever. I don't think you're going to go wrong with either of those guys. As you go Kamara with number four and Zeke goes right after, followed by Chubb and Henry. The first couple wide receivers off the board with Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams leave at the 10 pick. Danny, you're up, and you've got Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, or Travis Kelsey maybe. Who are you leaning here? What are you thinking here uh, when you're approaching the turn? Yeah, so I'm looking at the wide receivers available are Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, that tier of wide receiver. Honestly, I'm not big on taking these early wide receivers as much. I draft with the philosophy of having a solid running back core just because in these 12-man leagues after the second or third round the running backs are so scarce uh you're just kind of throwing a dart out there and hoping you hit something so sure so you're you're looking at running i yeah i i've kicked i've done some mocks with travis kelsey in this spot and i just i don't like my running backs nearly as much on that three four turn it's just kind of ugly that late so I'm I'm kicking around. Either. One thing that, that we've said with Kelsey is that it's going to feel bad during the draft and until the first game, uh, but it's going to feel good on Sunday. And I, I still, even though I know that's true and fantasy analysts at the highest level are taking Kelsey smash except on, at the 110, I can't do it because of what you just said. Like the running backs, just the eye test when you look at your roster – when you don't take one here, it just feels bad. Yeah, because you're you're kind of forcing your second pick taking a running back unless you go total punt the running back position. Um, yeah, do it's not pretty do that. scarce. Yeah, it's hard to win championships without a solid running back core. Sure. So who's your pick here at ten? I'm leaning either Jonathan Taylor or Aaron Jones. For me, it's very close. Um. Typically, when it and my philosophy is, if I've got two running backs I'm higher on, 
that are in the same tier, I typically go with who's got the better offense. Not so much the touches. I'm sure Jonathan Taylor's going to get a ton of touches. But Aaron Jones with Aaron Rodgers and all the receiving work he gets, um, I, I just don't know if I can pass that up. But at the same time, I've never taken Jonathan Taylor, so I'm actually going to take him here. Okay. I haven't either. That I, I texted Dustin that earlier today. I said, it's going to be really hard in our draft on Thursday for me to not take Aaron Jones because he those that's the choice I'll have to make based on the guys that are being kept is Aaron Jones or Jonathan Taylor or Travis Kelsey. And I decided today because I have Taylor nowhere, I need to take him somewhere because if he does have an MVP type fantasy season, I, I at least want him somewhere. So yeah, I, I'm with you there. You can't go wrong with Aaron Jones back to back top five running back seasons. He's probably going to be right there in that five to eight category again. But the what if of Jonathan Taylor, you want a piece of it for sure. You want the the running back on the on the the top offenses, like you said, as DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey, Aaron Jones, and Najee Harris pass through the next eleven and twelve picks. Um, we're back to you in the second round. But what were you saying there uh, after we're talking about Aaron Jones? As you've got Austin Eckler, guys like Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson staring you in the face here in the second round. Yeah, specifically that situation there, the Jonathan Taylor versus Aaron Jones debate. The reason I go Jonathan Taylor is because we saw what the backfield, what his workload looked like once he established that he was the guy. And uh, he's a, he's easily a top five back with all that workload. And uh, I don't see Naeem Hines being as much of an issue for him this year as it was last year with Phillip Rivers at the helm. So Some of the kickback that I got today on Twitter from people was, what about Marlon Mack coming back? What about Naeem Hines? And I looked at the touches for the backs outside of Jonathan Taylor, and they had a combined like 170, 180 carries. That's not even total touches because Hines obviously caught a lot of passes, but they had a ton of work and he still was a top five guy. So it's not like his role's changing or somebody's going to eat into his role. If anything, those other guys are going to start to get phased out like they did over the last five, seven, five to seven games last year. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye on it. Uh, who are you looking at here with your second pick, Danny? You've got, like you said, you want maybe a couple running backs, and there are some really big names here still left in the early second. Yeah, so at wide receiver, again, there's the, the only receiver that went off the board was DeAndre Hopkins, then Travis Kelsey and Aaron Jones and Najee Harris, like you said. So I'm staring down Austin Eckler. He's a possibility. He gets a ton of receiving work. The only concern with me is my, I want my running back to have the goal line work, so he's not really a thought right here for me. Okay. Uh, Joe, Joe. Wow. Yeah, Joe Mixon, I'm not crazy about. I, I think he's way overhyped, and everybody's so enamored with that, what was it, his sophomore season? Right. I'm with you on Joe Mixon. I can't do it. Yeah, I, honestly, I'm from your guys' uh about episode 10 when you're talking about guys that could be the number one i'm looking at antonio gibson here i think i agree with the workload he could get if he gets any kind of third down work he could be an absolute monster and a league winner especially at this draft pick don't do it so, yep so i think it's antonio like gibson don't for me. take him as dk metcalf eckler Diggs, mixon and patrick mahomes goes in the second round and we are back to you trav at the two nine uh, you've got your guy in Camara, your your identity, as you've said in the past, and Patrick Mahomes has gone much earlier than I've seen him go. And now you're here looking at maybe a tight end. 
that's the reality though. Like when you're drafting in your home leagues, you're going to see Mahomes going in the second round. Unless you're drafting with a lot of guys that really, really know their stuff, he's going to go in the second or first. As much as we wish it were true, not everyone listens to, to fantasy football podcasts or does research. You know, most of the time, you know, it's for fun and it can still be fun. We just want you to be more informed and win. Um, Patrick Mahomes, like, like you said, could sneak up into the first round because he's a big name. Granted, if you're playing in a more experienced league, probably not going to happen. But we're here in the second round. Who are you thinking? I know just based on the hundreds of mocks that we've done, uh, who you kind of like here. Are you thinking tight end? Are you thinking that maybe one of the, uh, the left, what's left of the big three of the tight ends could fall to you in the third round? What are you thinking here? Are you willing to take the risk? I don't want to roll the dice on one of those two tight ends being there. I don't think they fall to the third. There are three running backs in Clyde Edwards-Alaire, David Montgomery, and DeAndre Swift that I would like at this spot that I'm hoping one falls to the third. If they do not, then I will probably just go elite receiver and get a fourth, fifth round, sixth round running back in back-to-back rounds and just play the matchup between those two guys. So I'm just going to roll the dice that one of those three running backs between CEH, Montgomery, and Swift, maybe Carson's in that group too, um, fall back to the third. I'm not going to pass on the tight ends at this level. I'm going to go Darren Waller here at the end of the second round. Okay, I like it. A.J. Brown to follow. And look, I, I, if I'm ever in a position to grab George Kittle, I don't pass it up. I'm going to pick Kittle here um, just to not overthink it because – I do think that is a large advantage to have a tight end that is also a wide receiver. We've talked about it in previous episodes where it's less of a tight end that you have and more of you're able to start an extra wide receiver, whether you're starting three wide receivers or four wide receivers at that point. Um, Looking at... I think that I I agree with you. And Daniel, I want to know your thoughts on this too, because I know Dustin and I, we talk about this, the tight end value and differential all the time. Where in the second round, if you're not going Kelsey in the first... At what point are you saying, okay, now I'm looking at tight end? Because it's for me, I'm not taking Darren Waller over a Gibson or Najee or Aaron Jones. So is it that 2-4, if you're the 9 spot, is that where you're like, okay, now let me start to consider Waller and Kittle, or is it later than that? Um, For me personally, the only time I consider going tight end that early is if I'm either the first or second pick and I get Cook or McCaffrey and I don't really have to worry about who my RB2 is. I just know that I'm getting guaranteed production every single week. Right. Yeah, because then you could go so, with so yours. For me, Kamara's close enough to Dalvin to say, okay, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to risk not grabbing a Waller or Kittle when I've got a chance to. Would you do that at the 1-4 like I did, or would you um, it, Would you go running back there? Um, I would, I'd probably be fine with the uh, the wideers or the tight end pick like you did. Um the receivers that are available. I maybe a toss up between either Waller or uh Calvin Ridley for me in that spot. Yeah, me too. I think Calvin Ridley's poised for a breakout this year. So he's gonna he's going to yeah. absolutely feed. He's gonna all be year. fed targets until he yeah. can't eat anymore. As I'm here with my second or my third round pick. And you know, listening to you guys talk, look, I, I like to have multiple running backs, but Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook types, they allow you a little bit more flexibility just because of the volume of points and the volume of work they get. 
I don't necessarily have to grab a second running back here. Um, I like DeAndre Swift. I like David Montgomery, um, two very solid running backs. But I'm leaning towards Justin Jefferson here. And wow, I I kind of want to see what this this team looks like with that kind of stack. With you know having a running back, a you know a tight end, and a top tier wide receiver. I'm gonna go that route. I'm gonna go Justin Jefferson. I'm going to see how this looks, and we're going to play it out, man. All right, so right after Jefferson went Clyde, who I was hoping would fall one more spot. But like I said, when I made the Waller pick, there was a group of about three to four running backs, and I was wanting to roll the dice and see, does one of them fall? Two of them ended up falling in Montgomery and DeAndre Swift. Um, Just... For principal reasons, I cannot take Swift here. I am anti-Lions this year, anti-Goff, anti-their entire offense. So, Anti-value. I get it. Yeah, I, I can't do it. So do, I have a question on the on the Swift take. Does him possibly missing like the, the first game or two of the season sway your choice there? Uh, I was anti-Swift before that. I just don't think they're going to score enough points. He's going to give you plenty of receiving work, but... When we've been doing a lot of research into what it takes to be that high-level running back, you have to get double-digit-plus touchdowns, and that's not a guarantee on an offense like that. The, the other weapons outside of Hawkinson are just disgusting. I think, I think they're going to totally hone in on Hawkinson and so Swift. Just to clarify, though, Swift can still be an elite running back on a bad offense. We've seen that time and time again, where the offense doesn't have to be a top offense because... Look, there's there. Let's not, you know, mince words here. Swift and Hawkinson are the only two weapons on that team, and they're going to be fed. So no, I, I don't. To answer your question, lo- missing out on the first game doesn't really worry me. If he falls even further, even great. You know, you know, it's great. Um, but no, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say like I'm not anti-Swift to the point of, I like like, for instance, if. The guy, if if Dustin went Clyde Edwards and Montgomery went right after, that drop off for me to the Josh Jacobs level, Miles Sanders, I would take Swift there because I want two running backs in the first three, so I w- I would have no problem doing that because he's the best available. He's it's in a higher tier than the Josh Jacobs, but because Montgomery's here, it allows me not to do it. So yeah, I mean I'm not against him, no matter what, but I would prefer Montgomery, and he's usually there about the same time. Sure. And he's there with your third round pick. I'm going to go Montgomery um, here. If that's who you're going to. All right. So you're going to go Montgomery here. Um, McLaurin, Allen, and C.D. Lamb, Josh Jacobs, and DeAndre Swift go one pick before your third round pick, Danny. You're at the 310. Now, is are you thinking um, wide receiver now that we're in the third round? Are you thinking you want to you know continue to bolster your running backs? Who do you like here? Uh, I'm tilting already, man. Oh no! I wanted CD Lamb to fall to me at this spot so bad. I, I'm really in all in on that Cowboys offense this year with how porous that defense is, and he would have been there a month ago. He would have, yeah, he would have been. But, but hard knocks, hard <laughs> yeah. knocks. He's been my. We're he's been too my, late for CD. He's been my smash pick if I if he ever falls this far in the third. Um, but unfortunately, he's not here. Did you think that he finishes above Allen Robinson? I do. I really do. Um, I understand that Robinson's like the guy there, but we don't know how long it's going to take Randy Dalton to get out of there. And with the rookie quarterback taking over, you just don't know what you're going to get. So 
I understand he's probably going to command at least 140 targets or so. But being like, unless Darnell Mooney takes a big step up, which he definitely could, I, there's going to be so much attention on him every week. So Sure. Right. Um. So I'm looking at tight ends here. Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews. Those are the only two I would even consider, but it's still way too early for me to take a tight end. Okay. Um, wide receivers got Allen Robinson, Mike Evans. I'm not really considering Julio playing second fiddle behind the Tennessee Derrick Henrys. Who who do you think it's gonna be? Who who are you leaning towards? I think I'm leaning. I wanna do something different here. I've never done this, so I'm gonna try something different. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Amari Cooper here. I want I want as many pieces of this cowboy offense as I can possibly get. And yep, if that's your strategy, I mean he's not gonna be too far behind CD. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a high powered offense, and we've talked about it absolutely. Yeah. So after my pick of Amari Cooper went Josh Allen, and then on the turn was um, Allen Robinson, Kyler Murray, and Miles Sanders. So nothing's really changed, but I'm gonna again. With these later picks, when you've got, what, about 18 picks or so between my pick and the next pick. An eternity. Yeah, it's a long time. you got to kind of call your shot, and you got to take guys that you believe in. Don't necessarily play ADP at this point. So I've got a wide receiver. I'm fine with the value I can get at wide receiver in the fifth and sixth at this point. Are you thinking tight end here? I'm afraid of what you're going to no, do here. I'm I think I'm going to do the stack attack. I'm going to do Dak Prescott with my Cooper. Oh, my. Oh, Reach wow. I did not see that coming, but I love it. Round and Dak Prescott. Yeah, I think so. That That is what getting running backs like Taylor and Gibson allows you to do. You can literally do anything you want after that point and see what happens. You can take any risk you want. Yeah, you yeah I just want I want those weeks where whenever they do pop off, I win that week. Like and it's guaranteed to happen at least probably two or three times a year, I'd say. Yeah. And the other times like Dak's super solid even when Amari Cooper isn't there all the time. You're guaranteed to get those booms when you do. So Right. Right. Hey, I can't I can't blame you as we're here at the back end of the fourth round and we've got Robert Woods, Mike Evans, Darrell Henderson, and Julio and Cup coming off the board in the fourth round. We're at the 4-9, and Travis, you're up. Could we be looking at a wide receiver here? You've got you know, Chris Godwin. We've also got, I know that you're, you're higher on Deontay Johnson at this point. Who, who are you looking at here? Because I know Cup was one of your guys. Robert Woods, typically a guy you take here. What are you thinking? Because it, it, this might be a little bit different than what you're used to. Yeah, there's a lot of guys at receiver that I like here that will also be there at the start of the fifth. And so I'm going to take who I think is going to be another top 15 running back and just worry about that position even less. I'm going to go with James Robinson from Jacksonville. I know that you were eyeing him. He was probably in your queue as you only have one running back through the first three rounds. So I apologize in advance, but I'm going to take my third here and just load up at the position. I think he's the last of that top 15-ish group of guys. I have him above Anderson, Sanders, Josh Jacobs. He's in the group of guys that I I want to get my hands on. Um, So I'm going to take Robinson here and see which one of these receivers comes back to me in the start of the fifth. Okay, you know what? 
it hurts a little bit. We talked about sniping, and that definitely qualifies. I'm a hurting, and I took a risk, but you know what? I still like my team as I've still got some solid wide receiver options here. I don't really want to tilt and overreach um, because I still believe that there's value to be had in this draft. Yep. And so I'm going to I'm going to take some guys that I like. Um, so yeah, I'm go. I do like Deontay Johnson. You know, I can't pass up the prospect though of having a high-powered offense and top-tier weapon like Chris Godwin on my team. So I'm going to go Chris Godwin with my pick here. Pair him up with Justin Jefferson and George Kittle. Christian McCaffrey still gives me that upside at running back, so I'm not super worried. And I'm back at my pick in the fifth round after Mike Davis and Lamar Jackson go. And now I'm having to make some executive decisions because, yeah, running back kind of thins out right now. Um, I don't love the options here. I could choose to shore up my team at wide receiver um, as we start two wide receivers in this this league. We have a flex, two running backs. So what I'm thinking is I'm going to take the the next guy that I like at wide receiver here. And I've been taking him early just because I, I like having him on my team. I'm going to take Chase Claypool. One thing that I was hoping for is if I left Deontay Johnson, that you would have to go through the decision of, do I take Deontay or do I choose Claypool between the two Steelers guys? And... I like you're sticking with your guns with Claypool. I like Deontay better. I I don't. But it's going to be a toss up every week between those two guys. Look, I always ask myself, can can Deontay be that top tier wide receiver one? And I think he's super dynamic. I but I think Chase Claypool offers a upside that Deontay just doesn't have. And so I am going to go with Chase Claypool just based on the fact that. He is a, a bigger, stronger athlete. And honestly, like you said, I want guys I, I can always root for. I think that there are other guys in the league that I can find at Deontay Johnson's profile later in the draft if that's what I want. Chase Claypools are hard to find. That's a hell of a receiving room that you've got there with jo- uh, Justin Jefferson, Godwin, and Claypool. That's a lot of points on any given week. And George Kittle. Don't forget about him. And the first guy is pretty good, too. Um, we're here in the fifth round at your pick. Kyle Pitts goes in the, at the five, three and you were at the five, four here. And yeah, I'm not going to spend a lot of time scrolling this board. I'm going to take one of my guys, Deontay Johnson in the fifth as my wide receiver one, he's going to get top 10 targets probably again. He may not have the same touchdown upside as Claypool, but we've said before, I think touchdowns are kind of a fickle stat. Yes. He's, he's a big guy. He's going to get down the field stuff, but I, I actually prefer the guys that are getting the 10 to 15 yards over and over again. So I'm going to take Deontay Johnson. I think he's a lock for 80 to 120 yards every single week. Yeah. You like the between the twenties guys. And I, I I can, I really do. I can respect that. They give you points and they're steady as Tyler Lockett, Mark Andrews and Adam Thielen, Kareem Hunt and Brandon. IU come off the board. Back to you, Danny, at the 510. Yeah, so I was hoping Mark Andrews would fall here. Honestly, sometimes it's a toss-up for me to take Hawkinson here. He is like the last tight end of like that tier that I would even consider. Have you ever heard of uh 
Tyler Higby. Yeah, Tyler Higby is always my late round guy. Um, <laughs> but I'm just kidding. We, we've talked about Higby a crazy amount. I'm unfamiliar with mid-level tight end. I just don't know if I buy the Detroit tight end taking that kind of step up. I mean, I understand they're going to be Thank in so many God. negative game scripts, and I just I don't know. I there's so many so much good value here. Um, Definitely not considering Jamar Chase, Kenny Galladay. Man, this is tough. I could take another running back, but I feel like I've already bolstered that spot. I'm thinking I might. Yeah, decisions I might are take hard. The Hawkinson pick here. Oh it's, man, yeah. Okay. I mean, if the guy's left, you're, you're yeah. At the end of the not, fifth, it's not too bad. At the end of the fifth, this is kind of where he typically could fall. Um, I don't usually see him in the sixth a ton. Um, and like, like we've talked about in previous episodes and in at the beginning of this episode, having that advantage at tight end, you know, it is, it helps, um, because that's just an advantage that you have over the rest of your, your league mates. There are maybe five, six. So in this league, half of the, the league could have stability at the position while the other half does not. Um, so being one of the only weapons that they have, I don't blame you for, for taking Hawkinson. If that is your pick. I don't, I actually don't think I'm going to do that. I'm going to. I'm going to call my shot again on a guy I think that could potentially break out this year. Tim I'm, Tebow. I'm going to take uh, Jerry Judy here. Ooh. I It runs like in the it. family. I love the Judy pick. Please go back and listen to some of our previous episodes. Um, I got Jerry Judy as the next Deontay Johnson, and it's just he feels so good there. It's Hawkinson, Edmonds, Gaskin, and Jamar Chase – uh, Stonehands comes off the board, and we're here with your six-round pick, and you've got some decent balance here. Um, you don't have a tight end, but like you said, you've got some late-round guys that you're willing to take. What are you thinking here? Because we're kind of getting to that area where you know, since you already have a quarterback, um, uh, you know, I think that quarterback run is coming soon. Um, what are you? What are you kind of thinking right now? Yeah, I'm. Right now, all, the only thing I'm thinking is I was hoping TJ Hawkinson would fall. I when I wanted to play the game. Team Eleven didn't have a tight end, but if they were, if you if you understand that like your league mates, they probably won't go tight end in that spot, and you want to take that gamble, then you should take the valuable wide receiver in that spot. The gamble didn't pay off for me in this spot. Uh, I I'm this is honestly a smash pick for me. I think this guy's ADP is way too low right now. It's going to catch up by the end uh, by the time. Actual drafts are going on closer to when the season starts. Uh, it's Gus Edwards for me. Oh, and it nice hurts. Pick. It hurts uh, as some quarterbacks and running backs come off the board. I got to tell you, that was someone I was hoping would fall. Um, I think I already know, um, you know, what I'm, what I'm kind of looking at here going forward. So it's nice to see some quarterbacks come off the board as Herbert, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers fall. Off the board, Raheem Mostert and Javante Williams. And, Trav, you're here at the 6-9. Very nice pick. That might be the latest we've seen Wilson go in a long time. Um, this is You know what? This is right around where he goes, um, I will say. Fifth, sixth round. Sixth round middle of sixth. Yeah, it feels right about right. Um, I have a question on the Jerry Judy pick before we move on. Okay, go ahead. Would you have drafted Judy if Locke was named the starter? Um... No, honestly, I would not. Uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater gives that team more upside than Drew Locke can. He's 
He's too sporadic. He's not consistent. Teddy proved he could sustain three top 25 wide receivers last season. So, right, and he wears right. two gloves. That's true. God-given gloves. Yeah, the God-given gloves. You can't you can't take it away from yeah, him. And he's honestly in that offense. If he's not 1A, he's 1B. Him and Cortland Sutton are both the alphas on that team. Um, Yeah, yeah. I, you can't convince me that Noah Fant's going to vacuum that many targets away from either of them. So, All right, so it's hard for me to pass on Damian Harris or Ronald Jones, even though I have three running backs. But I don't think it's wise to get a fourth running back before a second it's understandable, receiver. Understandable, man. You got to make the choices. Um, I also don't have a quarterback. But there's so many. We're only starting two receivers in this mock. And there's so many guys at the next turn that I really like and would feel just as good with those guys as I would. Maybe T. Higgins and Cortland Sutton in this group are my two favorite. Um, out of Michael Thomas, Galladay, Odell Beckham, Juju. I'm not crazy about any of those guys. So it would be Sutton or T. Higgins. It's probably T. Higgins and then Sutton in that order for me. Uh, I I do think there's going to be two or three quarterbacks because most people have one at this point uh, that will be there at the next turn. So I can go receiver quarterback at the next turn if I need to. I just like stacking up high value running backs and I think between Ronald Jones so they can sit on your bench yeah so they can sit on my bench I can play the matchup if one of them is on by I like having philosophy wise I like having a top 20 type running back in my flex almost at all times I'm not one of those guys that likes to put a a team's wide receiver two or three in my flex and just hope that they get it I want somebody who's getting 20 touches. And also going as deep with running back, if you do decide to do that, if there is any kind of injury that happens to any of these other running backs, you have yeah. massive trade potential later on in the season. So I, I like that pick if you do go that route. Yeah, and there's a team, at least in this mock, that really messed up and still through six rounds only has one running back. And I'll probably be able to take advantage of them at some point early on in the year. <laughs> So I'll go with Ronald Jones. I will leave you Damian Harris here at the turn. You're going to go Ronald Jones, Tom Brady falling. Of course I'm going to take. I love Ronald. It That's a surprising pick to me. Yep. Going Ronald Jones over Damian Harris. To me, that's an auto smash Damian Harris just because Mac Jones being named the starter now. I think his workload goes up significantly without getting vultured. Ronald Jones is a love child of Travis because he, he thinks that since he finished as the the running back 15 that that's who he'll be again. Travis, if you can if you can tell me week to week what he'll score and that he'll be that type of running back each week, I'll give you $100. But you can't because you can't tell me which weeks he's going to have a good week because unpredictability. You you are Yeah, what week is it going to be playoff Lenny? Exactly. You have James Robinson, David Montgomery and Alvin Kamara. Are you you there's no way you're starting Ronald Jones over any of those guys on any given week. They all how, they all could you, get hurt at any moment. I didn't love the receivers also we're, there. We're drafting for injury in the 6th round. I'm just as happy with the receivers that were there. With the, with the receivers that I'll get at the next turn or maybe at this next pick, I think. Okay. Sutton will still be there at this 
at the comeback here if I wanted to do that. And yeah, it's it's Damian Harris or Ronald Jones on underdog. Right. My my top three most owned guy. It's a bold move. Damian Harris is in that group. Over thirty teams, I got him on over fifty percent. So I have loved Damian Harris all off season, regardless of the, the if Cam was starting or not. So I think it's a toss up between those guys. Harris is not going to beat Jones consistently, and Jones is not going to beat Harris consistently. I just think it's a bold move with going with your f- fourth running back in the sixth round. Uh. I want to see how, see how it plays, plays out. out. Um, this is something it's it's polarizing me as T. Higgins has fallen to the seventh round, and look at this point, do I need do I need a third running back um, at this point? The answer is yes. The answer is maybe, um, because there are some other running backs that are available later in the draft. Um, at this point, the the value doesn't doesn't get super appealing right now. Um, I'm gonna go. Look, I can't pass up T. Higgins here in the seventh round. I'm okay having four wide receivers okay. um, to play the matchups. And at this point, look, if I if I get a you know a James Conner, if I get a, a Leonard Fournette later, you know, I'm I'm okay. Uh, waiting on running back because the value doesn't necessarily change between those guys a ton. Um, right. If, if my third running back with, you know, Damian Harris and, and Christian McCaffrey ends up being James Conner, I would be okay. Looking back at the James Robinson pick, that's the one that knowing that Harris and Jones, Gus Edwards, Mostert, all four of those guys I'm good with in the sixth round, just getting one of those four as my third. So I didn't need to reach for James Robinson. Well, I guess it's not a reach, but I didn't need to grab James James Robinson as a third running back over a Chris Godwin. Um, sure. Should have gone Godwin probably there to pair with Deontay Johnson. I like that more than Cortland Sutton. And that's Sutton why we mock. Than, uh, I like Godwin a lot more than Cortland Sutton. But we'll see that how you, you got to get lucky with the James Conner, Zach Moss group, or you're going to be thin at running back a lot of weeks. If one goes down, you're in trouble. So we'll see how it goes. You can't pay me enough money to take Zach Moss anywhere. <laughs> I'm not a Zach Moss fan either, but Dustin, Dustin, uh, he likes him. I look, Zach Moss isn't like a guy I'm going to use. I think my- he's he's one of your guys for the year. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. Uh, look, he's he's on a good offense, and that's about where I'll leave it. Um, he's not. We'll someone- readdress Zach Moss here in about three rounds. Sure. I, hey, you, you do what you got to do, man. Um, as we're here in the seventh round. Uh, and the babes. A few, a few running backs go off the board. Fournette, Sermon, and Gordon. And Debo Samuel finally makes an appearance along with Juju. You've got some, uh, some balance on your team. You're still missing that tight end. And you don't, you don't have to reach for a quarterback. Yeah, so I'm just looking, scanning this real quick. There are a bunch of teams that don't have a tight end, so I don't know if I can play the game and wait for Hig. I might still play the game. I'm not going to reach for a tight end. I've waited this long to not get my tight end. I'm not going to reach now to get him. There's tons of value still at wide receiver. It's just a matter of do I want to gamble? My thought process here is between two guys. It's either Robbie Anderson or Devonta Smith. Um, 
I've I've really liked Devonta Smith this year. I mean, he's looked in the one game of preseason we've seen from him so far. He's looked great. His route running is impeccable, and he's the he's the only guy there to catch the ball besides the tight end. We haven't talked really, about him at all. We've gone with Robbie Anderson a lot in this group. We've neither of us have taken Smith yet. So tell us what you know about Smith. I think it sell us on him a little bit right here. Yeah, so Devonta Smith, unlike Robbie Anderson, doesn't have a DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall problem. And Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he is, yeah, he is the only target there. And once again, we're projecting them. I think their projected win total is like six or six and a half games. That puts them in a lot of negative game scripts, puts them coming from behind a lot, and being the only, the only guy I think that's a viable target on in that offense. Uh, they they spent up to get him. Um, I think that's going to be my pick here. I'll play the game and see if maybe Robbie falls to me. But Devonta Smith on a pretty anemic defense with with how many points they're going to score. I think it's a good pick there. Unfortunately, it didn't pay off as Robbie went right after my pick. Followed by DJ Chark, Tyler Boyd, and Jarvis Landry. Three guys who I probably wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. Um, Tyler Boyd, not bad in a, in a PPR league, same with Jarvis Landry, but we are completely out as a podcast on DJ Chark. Yep. And we're back in the eighth round. Um, Why are you out on DJ Chark? Just curious. I mean... It seems like the fantasy community as a whole is out on him. I just don't understand right, why. Right, so, look, we, we, we break this down um, in one of our early episodes talking about the wide receiver trios. And with Marvin Jones, you know, he's a little banged up right now. But LaVisca Chenault and a rookie quarterback, yes, it's an improvement over what they've had before. But DJ Chark did not show up last year. Obviously, he was injured. His most relevant season was a semi-breakout in 2019. And quite frankly, he doesn't profile as an alpha receiver in that offense. Um, the coaching staff came out and said that he wasn't exactly a great fit for what they're looking for there. Do you think the um, argument could be made that you know, he probably had some of the worst quarterback play of his career last year? He's going to, that's probably the best quarterback he's had his whole career. Oh, as I, well as having a full off season to recoup. Sure. I, I kind of ju- uh, base my judgment off of what I see the team doing in the off season, bringing in Marvin Jones you know, a guy that profiles same position as the same type of receiver as DJ Chark, but also someone who probably, in my opinion, can perform at a higher level. And he's been more consistent over his career. Um, DJ Chark, again. Here's my thing. Like, I, this is what we talked about when we talked about DJ Chark. That was in our ADP episode. And the question is for both of you guys at this point, with nine days to go, if he's going right next to Devontae Smith, Robbie Anderson, the other guys on the board, Antonio Brown, Mike Williams, LaVisca Chenault, are you taking Chark over any of those guys? For me, no. no. Will Fuller's still there. There's just guys I would prefer to take him around. Again, if he falls a couple more rounds and he's there, like Maybe. we've talked about, if you can get a potential wide receiver one in the near double-digit rounds, take that chance because you're what are you risking? You know, But DJ Chark this early – uh, I just like like Travis just said. There's other value that I feel more comfortable having, and guys who've been more proven and more consistent throughout their careers. No, that, those are very good points. I just wanted to hear your argument that 
just playing a little devil's advocate. Wanted to see what you guys thought about it. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for bringing that to for life. For me, it's just the price. It's it. We we do hate on Chark a lot, but if he were a couple rounds later, I think we would both look at him pretty seriously. So in the eighth round, who are you thinking here now that you've got Devonta Smith? Are you looking at another wide receiver? I'm looking at another wide receiver. Um, I've got three solid running backs. I'm not going to reach for any of these guys. Um, to me, it's I want when I'm taking guys in the set, the eighth, the ninth, somewhere in that range. I want guys that are either going to boom or they're going to bust. I'm going to know exactly what they are week one. Um, yeah, I'm just looking for guys that can win me a week if I need to plug them in. So I'm looking at either Jalen Waddle. Or LaVisca Chenault. Uh, Chenault's looked okay. great this offseason, especially with the loss of... Uh, who's the running back they took? Travis, Travis Etienne, Etienne. With the loss of him, he's going to play a lot of H-back type roles, tons of receptions. He's a big play guy. And I was hoping you would not take him here because he, he was in my queue. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a... That's a very good pick. I think that's my pick here because Jalen Waddell, I don't love going first round wide receiver that much i i tend to target the second to third round guy the year guys just because that's the numbers show that's when they typically break out so my pick will be lobisca here you also just went rookie so back-to-back uh, -back rookies when there's still so much so many second and third year guys i think is a, is a risk that's that's a good move with uh LaVisca. yeah interesting interesting i like the um i like the input there thanks for providing a little bit of clarification on that travis we're back to you jalen waddle going right before your pick uh zach moss and michael carter dallas goddard off the board so right now you don't have a quarterback you have a couple wide receivers you're essentially filling your bench now what are we looking at here we've got guys like you know brandon cooks antonio brown will fuller still on the board are you going to go five running backs? I swear if you yep. do. Um, your boy. I would love to go with a James <laughs> Conner here and just totally screw you, but I'm not going to do I it. I appreciate the sentiment. The thing that I love the most about Jalen Waddle at that pick is his first name, and I'm going to stick with the Jalens and go Jalen Hurts here at the end of the eighth for my quarterback. I like Antonio Brown here. I like Will Fuller. Corey Davis, Mike Williams, there's a lot of guys. And when I look at the three teams that are after me here at this turn, two of them have three receivers, you have four. So for there to be four or five more receivers in these next six picks is highly unlikely. I'm going to secure a quarterback here and just take one of those receivers on the way back. So Jalen Hurts is it for me. I love the upside. It's a smart, it's yeah, a smart it's a pick. pick. As you just mentioned, looking at the teams around you, and seeing what needs they have, what positions maybe they won't go after most likely. I am all for it. And we're here again at the eighth, about, or back of the eighth round. And James Conner is still there for me. As I said, I think I'd be okay with him as my third running back. I think Chase Edmonds obviously going to be a big weapon, but James Conner may be filling in that Kenyon Drake role. Um, goal line touches. If Chase Edmonds, you know, he's been banged up a couple times in the last couple of years. James Conner getting a lot more work is very intriguing, especially um, playing matchups and in a high-powered offense. James Conner is going to be my pick here in the bottom of the eighth round, coming back into the ninth. I, I'm looking at quarterback. I'm looking at different options. I don't have a quarterback yet, obviously. And there's 
look, there's no reason for me to grab a fifth wide receiver here when the names that you just brought up provide value later in the draft. And there are other late round options. Again, I don't need to filter through five wide receivers to start each week. Um, So I am looking at a quarterback here. I'm okay reaching a little bit here because I like to play this upside we've talked about before having the rushing upside of a quarterback and I'm going to reach here. I'm going to take Trey Lance. And wow. I was honestly going to do that on the turn here if he didn't. Trey Lance over Tannehill and Stafford as your Trey, QB1. Trey Lance, because of the rushing upside in that offense, I do believe it's only a matter of time now before he takes over that starting pick. And I kind of started to get that feeling that this is about the time that someone is going to come up and grab him. I need yeah. to be first to him. So, so you pair... A Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Jameis Winston type with him until he's ready to go. Exactly. And I've talked about in previous drafts, I like it even more if I'm able to get my hands on Kittle in the first round. Having that stack, you know. That's a good point. Your rookie quarterback, maybe he struggles to throw touchdowns. But if he throws it to his number one target and I maximize that potential in that way, that feels even better. So... I took Lance. A.J. Dillon follows in the ninth round, and we're here at the 9-4 after you took your quarterback, and you have pretty much all of those wide receivers you brought up prior, minus Antonio Brown. Pick who you love and be happy with it. This is a very tough call for me between Will Fuller, Corey Davis, and Mike Williams. I love all three. I think what you're guaranteed volume-wise with Corey Davis right now, at least the first half of the year, the rapport that he has shown already being the alpha on that team, I know Corey Davis is getting probably 8 to 10 catches a week right now. I don't know that with Mike Williams, given that um, Keenan is the one. Eckler gets a lot of receiving work. Jared Cook's going to get some. There's going to be weeks where Mike Williams goes crazy. There's going to be weeks where Mike Williams has three or four catches. That three or four catches is not happening for Corey Davis. They have to throw in the ball. Can I try to sell you on a guy even though I want him to fall to me? Sure. So how about with that group of wide receivers, do you ever consider Michael Pittman here? I do not. Dustin Dustin has. I, I'm, I'm going to answer for him, yes, 100% yes. I, I, um, he shoots Michael up quite Pittman. a bit for me just based on the T.Y. Hilton news possibly missing the whole year, if not a very good chunk of it. Um, and it, he, he showed is, some promise at the end yeah, of the year. He could here. very well be the alpha in that offense. That's interesting. I He's somebody that, before the T.Y. Hilton news, I've stayed away from because I think Campbell, T.Y., Pittman, you're not going to know who's going to hit each week. But you take one of them out, and Wentz coming back, O-line getting healthier faster than we thought. I think with it, with nine days to go now until the season, I do need to do a little uh, deep dive into Pittman and see. But I am going to go with Corey Davis here. If it wasn't Corey Davis, it would be Will Fuller. But again, I'm just going to go with another another high volume guy right now. Yeah, good pick. I like it. Yeah, you got to pick guys that you want to root for, and you just laid out a pretty good case for why he could outperform his ADP. I'm all for it as Matt Stafford, Tannehill finally fall off the board. Um, Thomas um, and Will Fuller, followed by David Johnson. Sorry, that's Logan Thomas. I couldn't think of the first name there. And we're back to you at the 9-10. 
and is now when you're thinking a tight end. Um, you've got some honestly. Uh, still no. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Um, the only reason the only reason I say that is because Team Eleven and Team Twelve both have Hawkinson and Kelsey. So I'm not going to reach. I can still get value here and not have to reach yet. I can. So you are at this turn, though. Yes, I'm at the turn, but I'm going to wait and get my tight end. I, I'm looking at running back. There's not much. There's Kenyon Drake, Singletary, Jamal Williams. I'm not reaching for these guys. I've got three solid running backs. No need to reach. Oh, let's see. Wide receiver is the only option I'm really thinking about. It's either, for me, it's two guys. I'm. I don't want Mike Williams just because he seems to be always hurt. Curtis Samuel, I don't want the second wide receiver on an offense that's not going to score a ton. I know other people like him a lot, but I'm just not that high on him. It's either Pittman or Mooney for me. Just about, like, I think I think I want a little bit of an upside play. I know I just talked about Michael Pittman, but I think I am going to take Darnell Mooney here. I want. I'm a Bears fan. Just like my brother, I want a little bit of piece of that offense. So you got to get one. Yeah, so I'll take Sundays Darnell are more here. fun when you got one homer on there. I don't hate it. I think I know who you. Oh, oh and Higby no. goes right <laughs> before your pick. Both still got teams one. You said still got one there. Both teams you said that had tight ends go double tight ends at the turn. That's a I, snipe I'm job. I'm tilting my face off right now, uh, and he <laughs> has no face. This has to hurt because. Oh, man, I am looking at the tight end options for you, my friend, and they are gross. With a yeah, are you forced into Kosicki? Are you forced yeah, to I take think a I am here? forced into Kosicki. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, with this Irv Smith injury. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's let's break this down because a lot of people, I think, are going to be in this position um, listening to this because are you really, are you really forced into Mike Kosicki here? Because if you look at other tight ends – you know, you still have guys like Austin Hooper later. Gerald Everett could be okay. Cole Komet is still available late in drafts, who goes often undrafted. You know, you still have Evan Ingram, who, again, ugly offense last year. Um, is Mike Kosicki, does he offer you an upside that you can't get with a Jonu Smith, even a Jared Cook tied to a high-powered offense? Are these guys that are just so much farther below Gasicki to you or is it just that you just got sniped and you think you have to go tight end here because a lot of people are going to be in this position I I do I feel like I need to get somebody here the only guys I would be interested in at this point is it's normally Irv Smith here if I don't get any of these other guys yeah, but me too. he just got injured he's gonna miss some time but you can pair you can pair Cole Komet or Jared Cook a couple rounds later and just see which one of the Mike Kosicki or one of those guys, which one hits? Yeah, it could. Uh, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, I, I don't, that's gross. I, no interest, uh, especially with the rookie quarterback. We don't know what his tendencies are or anything like that. I could wait. I mean, Evan Ingram's even hurt, so, oh, man, this is tough. I, I, might, I might do what you guys are talking about and just wait. Maybe I, you know, I'm going to wait. I'll wait a little bit. There's no point reaching Yeah, let's yet. see what happens. Yeah, th that's why we mock. Okay. Uh, we see what plays out. So I'll take Pittman, the guy I was just talking up a little bit ago. So Hey, I, I can okay. definitely appreciate it. As Michael Pittman falls right after you say that, Gasicki's off the board, Mike Williams as well. And we're back to you, Travis, your 10th round pick. Um, You've got – I'm locked and loaded, already ready okay, to go. Okay, tell me, tell me who you're thinking. You've had some time to think. 
it's going to be Jacoby Myers here. I think he's the one on that team with the news of Mac Jones starting. We also saw him just glued to Jacoby Myers in the preseason. I liked him before the preseason. I liked him before the uh, Mac Jones announcement. I've been taking him in all offseason in the mocks. He's another guy I have a high, high percentage of in best ball. I think Jacoby Myers target-wise is another Corey Davis-type player, and I like having those guys, especially here in the 10th round. When you're getting a guy that's going to be just sprayed with targets, I'll take Jacoby and the upside here. I like it. Jacoby Myers, Trevor Lawrence off the board. I'm back, and I've already got my guy all queued up here. Um, look, I'm, I'm willing to reach for him. I, I think he's being undervalued, especially given that he was just brought in um, as another team saw the value in him. I believe opportunity can sometimes be more valuable than skill, and I don't think this guy is short of skill, to say the least. I'm looking at Sony Michelle. He's the he's the guy that I see above the rest of the guys here at this tier. I think that in that offense, even if he doesn't get all of the carries, splitting in that offense and being able to show that he still has some juice left, I think he's going to surprise some people. And again, we're in the 10th round. I'm taking my fourth running back. I'm okay if it doesn't necessarily pan out, but taking the jump here, I'm going to take him. Might be a little bit early, but again, I need another running back. And again, back here in the 11th, uh, the turn went Michael Gallup, Jamal Williams at the 10-12-11-1 turn. I'm looking at quarterback here. Um, I'm choosing between Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins right now. Um, looking at these guys, I just have to ask myself, which offense do I like better and which quarterback do I think performs better? Both of these guys have been consistent over the last few years. Obviously, Matt Ryan no longer having Julio Jones, but will probably throw for more yards as he the offense typically opens up a little bit more. And Kirk Cousins, look, they have him projected for 33 touchdowns. I don't necessarily disagree with the extra game. Um, I think... You got Jefferson, though. That's a nice little stack. That is a nice little stack. That's a good point. Um... Th- or Big Ben. Big Ben is very serviceable here with the Claypool stack. Big Ben, look, I, I like Big Ben. I think this is a little bit early for Big Ben, uh, just with the other names on the board. Um, I think I am going to go Kirk Cousins, though, for the reason that you just brought up. I would have uh, the stack with Justin Jefferson. I need less things to go right. Um, so yeah. I'm going to go Justin or, uh, Kirk Cousins here, and I think that would do it for me at quarterback. Tony Pollard off the board, back to you at the 11. I'm going to go receiver again with a fifth receiver. With the news of John Brown being cut today, I think that will help solidify. I didn't even hear that. Yeah, he was cut from the Raiders today, so it is Ruggs and Brian Edwards with Renfro in the slot and Waller. I've already got Waller, so the Raiders stack isn't something I'm super excited about. Uh, but I do, I think that the league, I mean, the, uh, industry in general feels that the Raiders game script wise are going to be coming from behind in that division quite a bit. So I'll take a flyer on Brian Edwards, see what all the hype is about. And if it pans out great, if not, I've got four guys that I like anyway. So I, I don't need any more running backs. I'm good with Jalen Hurts right here. I'll get a late quarterback. And when you draft Darren Waller, you're not drafting any other tight end. So. Brian Edwards it is for me. 
All right. That's it. solid reasoning there as Ruggs goes right after him. Mikkel Hardman, Marvin Jones, oh, and Philip Lindsay, followed by, of course, Marquez <laughs> Calloway, someone that Danny was looking to grab there as the draft looks to come to an end soon. You've got a dearth of wide receiver talent. You've got three solid running backs. Are you looking maybe to add a fourth running back? Is there anyone you like? Is it maybe time for an upside play with Justin Fields? You know, I know you have Dak Prescott, so maybe you're thinking that you don't have to add a second quarterback. What do you think here? Because you're not you're not quite short on options here, even as we get into the later rounds, the last few rounds of this mock. No, I'm not going second quarterback here. I mean going forward but i'll just play the bye week on deck i mean i'm never not going to start him i don't think and regardless of matchup i think he's always going to be solid um i would just want to bring up one point when i'm thinking about this pick uh for the listeners is that if you do have an ir spot you need to be smashing your smith in the spot if you don't have a tight end uh you can draft him throw him in your ir and just get one of these other tight ends off of waivers for free so that's solid. Yeah, that's a good. That's move. probably. I'm probably gonna grab him still. And then okay. I'll probably I'll I'll live out that philosophy. I, I'll actually draft him here. Grab one of these high. At what point do you guys start thinking about handcuffs? Not not even just for your own guys, just in general. The Hubbards, Madison, the you know for the top top running backs in the league, their handcuffs should start to go win. I for you guys look. I, I don't believe in handcuffing other people's running backs um, unless it's like a deeper league. You know, if you've got a very deep bench, you know, seven to nine spots on your bench, then sure, you can you can kind of consider that. Um, but other than that, you're kind of burning um, you're, you're burning a spot, essentially. I would rather, you know, we've talked about late round wide receivers. I, I could I could take a shot on a guy like. Um, Ramondre Stevenson or Rondale Moore or Terrace Marshall, Paris Campbell is another guy right. we brought up. Guys that we'll see week one how they're going to be implemented into that offense. Amon Ross St. Brown is super interesting now that they let go of perennial Hall of Famer Brashad Perryman. Um, you know, he's unfor- it's unfortunate that he was let go. He had such a bright career. Um, there was so much hype about him in, in best oh, ball sure. and he's underdog. He's very, very fast. Like, People were drafting Perriman <laughs> as like their diamond in the rough. So he was drafted sure. probably is, way too early very all rough. summer long. And we still s- – And then he'll sign with Green oh, Bay and be fine. that. And we're here, we're here again. <laughs> um, you got your last round pick here. This is a 12-round mock draft, Danny. And you've got your tight end. Are you thinking another tight end here? Do you think you'd pick one up <laughs> at, you know, after the draft's done and just look at the waivers from then on? Um Got Cole Komet still, um, you know, other guys that I'm thinking of, um, you know. Yeah, I would I would just play the matchup, honestly. Let's see. We got – honestly, I would probably – my play would probably be – it sounds gross, but I would put Irv Smith in my IR if it was there, and then I would pick up probably Zach Ertz. For wow, my week one play bad. against the Atlanta Falcons, okay. got a juicy week one matchup. Um, but for me, it's a wide receiver I'm thinking about here just to bolster it even more. I want I want as many of these guys that 
Okay. Can possibly boom week one. I know what I've got. So for me, I want as many like I talked earlier about how I want as many pieces as possible of the Cowboys offense. I also want as many pieces as possible of this Arizona Cardinals offense. Wow, the so, Cardinals. Okay. So I think I'm going to take Rondale Moore here. Rondale Moore is so intriguing to me because, you know, he reminds me of someone who used to be the darling of the fantasy community when he was drafted. He reminds me so much of Debo Samuel. Um, He's very compact. He's explosive after the catch. And look, if you're a college football fan, if you're just a football fan in general, look, this is a guy as a freshman in college that was that was a squatting 600 pounds. He's very, like I said, very compact. He's like 5'6". And, you know, freshman year, he had over 1,000 yards at Purdue. And he's just breaking out all over the place. And now he goes into a prolific offense. Um, if you're just a fan of a guy who ha- who can be the number two option on that team, you know, some people are very high on A.J. Green. And, I, look, I'm not one of them. But Rondale Moore... It, you know he could he could answer some big questions. They they fed him the ball. They may be short, close to the line of scrimmage targets um, this year. But that's all you're looking for again in this late round. If something were to happen to any of these other receivers, Rondale Moore has a very intriguing upside, um, especially in a half point you no know, or full point full point PPR, and he could be a red zone weapon. So I don't I don't disagree with that. Uh, yeah, Devo- he's also going to get yeah. a lot of like gadget type plays that are designed for him because that's his type of role. He, I don't see it very, being very unlikely at all that he has a couple eighty plus yard chunk plays this year. Right. So. You know, a guy that went right before you, uh, Russell Gage, he is really intriguing to me as well. Late round guy. He look, no one really talks about him because it's all Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and that very well may be the case. But this is going to still be a high volume passing offense, if not just for the fact that they're going to be trailing most of the season with that very porous defense and in that extremely high powered offensive division. You've got the reigning Super Bowl champs, you've got the weapon laden Carolina Panthers, you've got uh, the New Orleans Saints, granted kind of beat up right now in the wide receiver department, but you've still got Alvin Kamara in the, in the Sean Payton offense, as I've talked about, you know, Russell Gage, he could see a lot of volume. And as the number two wide receiver in that offense, it's not necessarily crazy to think that you might be getting a thousand yard receiver with, you know, the 17 games this season. Um, so just something to keep an eye on as, you know, Devonte Parker, Baker Mayfield, John U. Smith, Latavius Murray, and Hunter Henry are drafted. Travis is back with in his 12th round pick. You've got a bunch of wide receivers on your team. You've got a quarterback here. I'm going to add one more. You're going to add I'm going to go with a guy that you called out earlier. You're going to go with Paris Campbell, huh? Uh no, I'm going to go with oh, Amonra. Amonra St. Brown. You know, a, good pick. a lot is left to be said about with the cut of Perriman, with the health injury, sure. I mean, with the, the injury concern that has been Tyrell Williams for years now, I don't have any piece of this high-powered offense that I'm just crazy about. So if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it with a rookie because we all know how I feel about rookies in general. Let's go with a rookie receiver on a high-powered offense, if you will. The, the Lions are competing for the number one overall pick. We're not, we're yeah. not going to sell them as anything other than that, but... Jared Goff is no slouch either. Yes, he was traded away. There's such a negative narrative around Jared Goff, and I'm going to continue to beat this drum because 
look, there's no talent around him pretty much, but the ball has to go somewhere. And that team is going to be trailing. And I think with the attention that Hawkinson is going to get, and I, I have, we've had this debate. If I'm a, a defensive coordinator, my number one priority is keeping Swift in the backfield and putting my fastest, strongest defensive player, regardless if it's a safety cornerback, linebacker on Hawkinson, roughing him up, double teaming him. I think St. Brown gets um, a lot of emergency bailout situations from Jared Goff and a lot of quick outs. So I'll just take them, see what happens. If like like um, like Daniel said, I'll know week one if he's going to be Absolutely. something or Look, not. And so I'm I'm here with my last pick in the twelfth round. Um, I've got four good receivers. I think now is when I kind of want to reach um, for an upside play. Um, I've already said Paris Campbell is probably who I'd go with here. Again, we talked Tyrell Williams is still here. He's going to be, if he may be the number one option on that team, even if it is a low passing offense, um, still someone I'm interested in again, Paris Campbell, call it what you want. The why the Indianapolis Colts wide receiver room is fairly ambiguous right now. And, it, look, he could easily take over the target lead, being so close to the line of scrimmage. He's an explosive athlete running a 4-3-1-40. The guy just burns, and we haven't seen him, which is why he's going so late. It's been two years now, and he's been injured pretty much the entire time he's been in the league. I don't believe that that is something that's going to stick to him. I think this could be the year that he is healthy, and it remains to be seen. If he is injured again, then Michael Pittman might have been the steal of the draft as he's going to be the only weapon in that offense. As we finish up the draft, Chuba Hubbard goes. Nice draft, boys. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and summarize our teams. Let's go ahead and run down who we have, and we'll go ahead and end it on a high note. I ended up with Trey Lance and Kirk Cousins at quarterback. My running backs are Christian McCaffrey, Damian Harris, James Conner, Sony Michelle, wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Chris Godwin, Chase Claypool. I had T. Higgins sitting there as well, and Paris Campbell to round it out with George Kittle as my tight end. Travis, who'd you get at the four spot in this draft? Running back is my strongest position, I think. Alvin Kamara, David Montgomery, James Robinson, and Ronald Jones. Four guys that I love. I think they're all top 20 guys. We'll see if Ronald Jones can actually fight his way and stay inside the top 20, I believe. Um, Deontay Johnson, Cortland Sutton, Corey Davis, Jacoby Myers, Brian Edwards, and Amon Ross St. Brown from Detroit are my receivers. I'm happy with the high-volume guys that I got. The only change that I would have made is probably taking a Chris Godwin type or Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, those guys instead of James Robinson in the fourth because Ronald Jones, Damian Harris, they're all there in the in the fifth and sixth. But I'm still happy with Deontay Sutton uh, and Davis as my top three. Darren Waller at tight end, can't go wrong there. And then Jalen Hurts, upside play at quarterback in the eighth, I think is great value. Team. Danny, who do you got? that you would be running into battle with this year on this team. Yeah, so at quarterback, I've got Dak Prescott. My running backs are Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, and Gus Edwards. Uh, my slew of wide receivers I've got are Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, uh, Devonta Smith, LaVisca Chenault, Darnell Mooney, Michael Pittman, and Rondale Moore. 
and my tight end is Irv Smith. Okay, it's not a bad, not a bad squad. So, what's your strategy if this is a real team? What's your strategy in the next nine days, knowing what what's going on with Irv Smith? Are you seeing who's there and dropping a Rondale more, or putting Irv Smith on the IR spot, picking up a tight end if you have an IR spot, or are you looking to package a? Uh, Judy, Chenault, Mooney, trying to find somebody who's a little thin at receiver and maybe grab. Yeah, I would possibly in. consider like a package deal with maybe throwing in like a like Irv Smith and like one of these receivers to pick up a tight end that maybe's got some upside. Um, but honestly, I think my strategy with like this pick would have been just the IR play. If there was no IR spot, I probably would have just done the Zach Ertz play. But uh, yeah, Irv Smith yep. the IR pick up Zach Ertz and just wait it out until Irv comes back. That'd be my strategy. That's solid, man. This was this was a good I like draft. It. I think this this would have been a fun league to Three very different be in. Strategies. I'm excited for the drafts that we get to be a part of together. I'm excited to hear about how our listeners' drafts go. Tweet at us at Losing Sucks. Um, DM us. We're, we're excited to be part of your championship journey. With that being said, though, that's going to do it for this week's episode of losing sucks make sure you follow us on twitter at losing sucks